are worlds between our own, and from these worlds there are written histories, both ancient and modern. To read of these testaments scrawled in hidden places and on other things, you must fix your eyes uncomfortably within you, and if successful, your gaze will unlock the door behind raw imagination and meet the manuscript of innumerable folios known as the Dark Darkness. Hello, I'm Shark Child, and this is the Dark Verse Testament scrawled in hidden places and on nether things with the sole purpose of sharing with you a unique world of horror and fantasy that will follow you to the visions of your sleep. It's taken me a long time, as usual, to write a story, but uh, I've put a lot of effort into this one, and I've had a lot of hours just staring at paragraphs uh, and chiseling away at them until they were uh, exactly the shape and form that I wanted for them. So I hope you really enjoy this story. I've enjoyed writing it. And so here is episode 88 of The Dark Verse, and it is entitled The Protean Birth Enigma. Although I slept and although I dreamt, I was not at rest. My muscles perpetually flexed while the blood surging through my veins heated my damp, rank flesh. My eyes jutted beneath their lids, absorbing an orange light that radiated heat upon me and into the core of my mind's visions. Time passed exceedingly slow as I plodded from dream to dream without connection or interest, excitement or fear. I was unwilling and strangely detached from foreboding scenes of gargantuan, ominous beings invoking their power across the universe. In each of these dreams, I, too, played the role of such a being, but I was void of their knowledge and purpose. I was a wayward ghost, struggling to find its escape. This disunion brought nothing but the incessant fight to awaken, free myself from this obscure oblivion, and probe the physical realm beyond my sleep where the drenching orange glow saturated my clenching body. Rational thoughts escaped me, but a focus on exodus was continually inherent. There was something about my condition that was beside, outside of, my full, existential inhabitants. They were not aligned. I felt this very blatant certainty, but I could neither identify nor explain it. It was a remembering of something to know or realize without the ability to grasp that which the remembering pointed to. This phantom condition continued for an incalculable amount of time until, just as a dreaming person grasps such dreaming while still in the dream, I grasped that I was a participant in a crux that had led my consciousness astray. 
Yes, I was in my dreams, but I was not part of my dreams. I was in a plane beyond dreaming and had simply projected myself within my dreams as a comprehensible orientation for my mind. In and of itself, I did then awake, simply not in the same way a sleeping person emerges into physical awareness. Rather, I awoke as an awake person emerges into the grand scope and spectrum of what it is to be alive. There was no immurement gripping me other than the lack of guiding consciousness, and once I had such mental capacities, it was clear that I was an ethereal essence and so was not bound by any barrier at all. As something like a celestial protuberance, I was able to extend from my dreams and body and learn of my surroundings. Within a metallic walled chamber, not much larger than my body, I floated. Every surface was a grayish blue that gleamed with uncanny reflections of orange light. Light that emanated forth from a small orb embedded on each of the chamber's four walls. There were no other devices or equipment, or items or furnishings. There was only strange, smooth metal and my orange, glowing, naked, incapacitated body. This body of mine tremored in its prison of dreams, and it was as much a mystery to me as all else I had presently gleaned. The skin of this form was a light brown, old and wrinkled. Its face had four eyes, two sunken nostrils, long wavy ears, and a wide-spanning curled mouth. Two long slender arms rigidly extended from the sides of a petite ovular body. At the ends of these arms a hand of slithering mass contorted and twisted. Disturbingly, I identified that this being was not in the likeness of the entities that were of its, my, dreams. The life-swallowing colossal things that came and went in the long fold of visions were not anything like this figure. It was actually repulsive to me. I felt to some degree violated by the epiphany of this bizarre contradiction that I was somehow wronged, or wrong. Since the enclosure of this chamber was not impeding to things incorporeal, I extended farther outside it. I learned then that the chamber was a pod soaring through endless, starlit space. My pod, however, was not alone. There was also a throng of similar pods surrounding my own, sailing alongside it in the ocean of blackness. I went from capsule to capsule, sliding within and peering upon the sleeping entity there contained. The sleepers spread across a vast array of different appearances and sizes, sizes also reflected in the consequent scale of their accommodating pods. Some were sickly looking, and some strong, some slimy in substance, and some rock-like, and none of them, also, were like the monstrosities of my dreams. Then, to investigate further the contrast between the oblique dreams and dreamer, I tapped into the cranial projections of each entity, 
All of their dreams were of the same orientation. They were of the massive creatures converting their omnipotence into wicked fear over different realms and worlds, blotting out the skies with astonishing wonders of disturbance. Once I had witnessed the possession of each pod in its mind's eye, I distanced myself from them until they collectively were a grand and singular swarm. It was then that I uncannily and inexplicably realized that I was the captive in each of these containers. A multitude of distorted replications spread throughout existence in a vomit of different physical forms. The repulsiveness resurfaced within me tenfold, striking my essence resolutely with the blunt force of sickly inertia. It was the dreams that connected us, me. And if I were each of these entities, then I was not solely me. Each sleeper's mind was a part of the greater me, somehow detached from that grander self. I did not know how I understood that I was a part of all of these things, but I was undoubtedly filled with a purpose that invoked this truth. Under the principles that this purpose revealed, it was quite clear that my counterparts and I needed to be amalgamated for the unknowable to be absolved. Then, in pondering how I would go about reuniting our segregated selves, I wondered if they, being the other segments of myself, had already astrally projected themselves from their physical casings just as I had. I wondered if they looked down upon us the same way as I did at that very moment and realized the very same truth. For we were, in all abstractness of our personal axiom, alike. Yes, yes they did. We did. We were all there, and we each knew at that very moment that we were all there. And so, each of us converged into a single point above the chambers, letting them pass by. We coagulated instantaneously into our end self. Our essences were separate, and then they were one. Crisp, clear cognizance returned. Memories rushed forth. And as it so happened, I was not them, but they all became me. I was not something that had been scattered, I was something that had been planted, collected, and joined together into something new, new in wholesomeness, but old in age. I was not anything like the slew of beings filling the pods ceaselessly soaring through endless space. They were my foundations, the host that I had disseminated upon. What started as a simple, ethereal germ migrating through the fragile sea of dream became an apparition supplanting the consciousness of identity. They were the hapless prisoners sentenced to eternal sleep upon the tides of the universe that would nourish my seeds. At this junction of neo-creation, I became aware of many things, but what was not clear, and would never be clear, was what thing greater than I engineered this production. Surely I was not an anomaly of archaic orchestration. I was primed, and so whatever purpose awaited me would never be my own. 
I thrust myself through space fluidly and intensely, with but the thought of movement becoming its actualization, catching up with the multitude of drifting chambers. With sweeping, invisible powers, I scattered them in all directions with my first sensations of rage. That concludes episode 87 of The Dark Verse. You can download and listen to all of the past podcasted episodes at thedarkverse.com or you can get them on iTunes. They're out there. Pick them up, listen to them, and I'll catch you next time. All stories on the Darkverse are the sole property of Sharkchild and cannot be used for distribution, publication, or monetary gain without my written consent. Sleep deeply and remember to love. Thank you.